What's up, everyone? We Got a Memo podcast back, and for the first time in a long time, we have all four of us back on the mics. It's going to be a good podcast, and great way to start what I like to call, I don't know what I call it, but there's no NBA, no more NHL, football's off for about another month before training camp starts, so we got baseball, we got I guess some golf, maybe some track. Right now, we're lucky we got the Women's World Cup. But other than that, it's kind of dead in the sports world. I don't know about you guys, but I cannot watch baseball games on TV. It's too boring. I can't either. So, I don't know. I'm either going to have to... Well, Stranger Things comes on soon, but I'll be done with that in a day. I don't know what I'm going to do. So, we have... I guess we can look forward to... Huh? You see that, that, uh, that meme where it's like, I guess I'll just die. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there's the NBA draft. Not super exciting. NBA free agency will be exciting. Um, but other than that, I guess we're just looking for who shows up to training camp looking good, who gets injured, who wins the World Cup. But we're going to take it back for all that. We're going to recap the NHL playoffs. Congratulations to the St. Louis Blues on their first ever championship. Is that right? First ever? Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. Congrats to the Raptors on their first ever playoffs. A couple firsts in NHL and NBA. And then we're going to talk about a trade that went down. Uh, if you don't know... I'm kind of surprised you don't know by now, um, but it's LeBron got AD on the Lakers for a bunch of young pieces. John's going to give us his reaction to my secret topic for the day. And I think we'll touch on the Women's World Cup. I haven't been able to watch much, um, but I think we should talk about, uh, if nothing else, than just a brief take on if it was okay or if you're okay with the USA running up the score 13-0 on Thailand. Um, I feel like we might have some a lot, of th- a lot of the same thoughts, but we'll just bring it up. So, um, why don't we start with the NHL? Like I said, the Blues won in Game 7 in Boston. It was 4-1, to one, right? 4-1? to one? Yep. Um, I watched the game. Or at least the first two and a half periods, because at that point I thought it was over. But from my perspective, not knowing a lot about hockey, and then I'll pass it on to you guys. But it just looked like St. Louis came to play. That, okay. <laughs> I thought you had a little bit more than that. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm sort of... I'm not really a Boston fan. It's just I like Boston sport teams as a whole. So uh, I was I was kind of rooting for them, especially since St. Louis beat beat my Sharks. So um, and I thought, you know, there's been a lot of talk about St. Louis playing a very Boston-like hockey, uh, pretty dirty throughout the series. Uh, so I was I was kind of rooting for the Bruins, but I also didn't really care. Um, and game seven, I, I mean, really it was just Jordan Bennington. Um, like, like Boston outshot St. Louis the entire game. Uh, in the, the third period, St. Louis came back in shots, but, um, you know, looking at the, the first, like, like two and a half periods, Boston, like, was severely outshooting uh, St. Louis, and Jordan Bennington was just robbing them of everything. Uh, so um, that coupled with Boston not getting, you know, Rask didn't see a whole lot of action, so when shots did come his way, um, you know, they went through. Um, and it is what it is. Uh, but is I there? Thought was, I, I thought it was a pretty uh, – it was actually a pretty – pretty good game pretty close series pretty close game i mean i i think that just uh the the score 
I mean, doesn't reflect how many chances Boston really had. Um, and I mean, they, there were multiple times where if Jordan, if any other goalkeeper or someone that wasn't as hot as Jordan Bennington was in, uh, Boston, I thought would have, would have beaten St. Louis. So, um, that's hockey. Uh, sometimes that's all you need is, is a, a brick wall in front of the goal and, and a couple shots to go in, a couple easy shots to go in, and that's what it is. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Zay, before, uh, before you go, Zay, this kind of going off of what Roland said, and you can get your first take on this, is there a thing, or, like, goalies can get in a zone, I know, but is it easier to get in that zone if you're, like, just facing a ton of shots, like, as opposed to sporadically getting shots on you, if you're like constantly facing shots and you're blocking them or getting touches on them, do you think that helps a goalie? Um, as opposed to you know your team being on the offensive and your goalie just kind of sitting back. Um, I think it's it's kind of Too. It's just like the city of Boston, like, come on, give other teams a chance. And part of that's definitely like me being a Bills fan against the Patriots, but like, you're just lucky when you have the Red Sox, the Patriots, the Bruins, and the Celtics. Like, good for the city of Boston, but like, if you're not a fan, it's hard. Like, I don't see how you can, like, even root for them on a neutral field. You know what I mean? It's just, for me, I had no stake in it. Other than I just didn't want another Boston championship, so that's what I had. And I think everybody expected Boston to win too, so I think I was just not only that, but I always like to root for underdogs either way, even if it wasn't Boston. Yeah, if it was like someone else. I think um, just I don't know. I like to root for underdogs. Yeah, and I think um, I didn't want to like jump in too much when you're asking your goalkeeper question because I think that very much applies to how the U.S. women's team is going to do in the Women's World Cup, mm-hmm. so I can circle back around. Yeah, yeah. L- let's do that, um, especially with No Hope Solo this time around. Um, Hashtag No Hope. 
Before we move on to the NBA, I just got to say the biggest winners of the NHL is obviously, you know, the city of St. Louis and the Blues organization, but also this one fan who back in January bet $400 that the Blues would win the Stanley Cup oh when the odds yeah, were 250 to 1, so he just won $100,000 off of the Stanley Blues victory. So, big win for that guy, and the best part about it is he did not hedge his bet at all by, you know, betting on the Bruins at some point. He went all in on his team and he was rewarded with the nice 100k wins. He'll probably get around 50k of that, so it's a it's a nice little victory for him. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. Just real quick also though. Yep. I want to pull up my uh my uh Stanley Cup bracket. Okay. Uh, cuz I remember sending one to Xavier uh oh. back when it back when it first started and he said uh I also think St. Louis is overrated, though, and I had San Jose and St. Louis in the conference finals like it happened, uh, but he said St. Louis was overrated, so I just wanted to <laughs> <laughs> okay. bring that back up. Let me but just it's okay. defend myself no, they, on this one. They have done nothing in the like, – they always are chokers in the playoffs. Yeah, they always oh, yeah. lose. So I'm happy for them, but when I said that, I was just thinking of past years. They always choke. They should. They always should go farther than they do, and it's disappointing. But I'm happy they finally proved me wrong. But yeah, yeah. Also, what a what a what a good story. Like they were thirtieth in yeah. Yeah. rankings back in uh, December. Yeah, and I mean they just won the Stanley Cup. It's crazy. Yeah. So. Yes. Good hockey. What a, what a turnaround. This is, this is why I like hockey over NBA, you know. Even though Toronto won. Yeah, it's yeah, I mean, it's definitely more exciting and uh in my opinion it it means more to that not to discredit the NBA athletes and what it's snatch or NBA championship means to them, but just the sport of hockey and winning in hockey seems like it means more for the players. Um, yeah, and just like every year, it's a, it's anybody's, it's anybody's title to win. You know, yeah. Caps won their first ever last year against a brand new team, and then this year, St. Louis, the first time they've been to the finals since 1970, win their first championship when they were 30th in the rankings uh, three months ago. Yeah. So it's crazy. All right, uh, let's move to the NBA. We got, like I said, the Toronto Raptors beat the um, Golden State Warriors in six games. And that's what's going to go down in the record books. But everyone's going to remember that there maybe there should be an asterisk next to that win because Kevin Durant tore his Achilles in Game 5 after playing only 12 minutes. In Game 6, Klay Thompson had 30 points through three quarters, and then he tore his ACL. In a game that looked like Golden State was going to win before that injury. And then, obviously, it was too much, or Toronto was too much. And I don't mean to discredit Toronto by any means. I would, Like I said last week, I was extremely surprised with how well they were playing. And Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Fleet stepped up big time in Game 6. Um, with that being said, I would have liked to see the... Uh, the finals with both teams fully healthy because I mean you want to see the best players play um, but congratulations to the Toronto Raptors city of Toronto uh, winning their first just getting that one championship you know it, it changes the franchise from Super Bowl winning franchise compared to like the Bills who have lost four straight so it's definitely a big accomplishment um but the NBA, I don't think anyone expected this, and it opens the door to a ton of possibilities in free agency. But before we get to any of that, um, what do you guys think of the finals? What a series. That was, that was a lot of fun to watch. It was. And a part of me wishes that the season as a whole is just more competitive. Because if every game was like that, heck yeah, I'd watch. Um, and I'm not even just talking about game six, but, you know... My my house like, stayed up until 11, 11.30, whenever the games would end, to watch. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I stayed up till midnight whenever a game was on, and I had work the next day. Because they were good games, you're right. They were really good games. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, what a... It was just great. I mean, I'm a big fan of defensive basketball. Um, and so, I feel like I got to see that on display with major blocks throughout the series. I have mixed feelings about, you know, big professional athletes in championships getting injured like that. You know, KD getting his Achilles torn right after, you know, you see him in the tunnel beforehand and he's jumping around dancing. You know he's not fully fit. He's acting like he is. And, you know, the Raptors players aren't around. So why is he fooling off? Like, you know? Yeah. Focus on, like, a strong warm-up and prevent an Achilles rupture because no, very few athletes come back from an Achilles rupture. Right. That That's probably the most devastating part, that he won't play next year either. Yeah. I think it's that bad. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah. yeah. No, keep Steph going. Go ahead. going to be criticized as being one of the best shooters in the game, you know. Oh, Steph didn't do enough. Oh, if he wins, you know, if Steph does, they want. If Steph shoots, they want more. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely Trump, tough. Trump, no. Zay and Roland, what do you, what do you guys think? Um. Yeah, I I also really like the series. For some reason, I can only really get into the NBA when it's the finals. Um, and, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I do feel like people are going to kind of put an asterisk, um, next to Toronto's win because, you know, if Golden State's completely healthy, uh, there's a likelihood that it wouldn't have had this turnout. Um, but a win is a win. A championship's a championship. Uh, you know, the, the healthier team won. So, I mean, I I don't think that there should be an asterisk put next to it, you know. Um, and um, it was a lot of fun to watch, uh, you know, Toronto ball out. Uh, I do I do wish we could have seen, you know, like you said, uh, the, each, each team be able to put out their best players and stuff. Um, but... It was it was fun. So. Well, we just lost Xavier for a little bit, um, so hopefully he gets back online soon. But in the meantime, you know, the the amazing thing about the Raptors is in this era of you constantly needing stars to win championships with LeBron going to Miami, with D Wade and Chris Bosh to. Um, Obviously, the Golden State Warriors with Steph, Clay, Draymond, and KD, to LeBron and Cleveland with Kyrie and Kevin Love. With the only times that I can remember where there was no big, you know, conglomerate of stars was um, the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, yeah, you had Tony Parker, Manu, uh, an older Tim Duncan, and obviously Kawhi, and then this team who had no one drafted higher than 15th overall which in the NBA is a big deal because um, 15 is just outside the lottery. So really impressive that Kawhi, Nick Nurse, a rookie head coach, and the rest of the Ra- uh, Raptors team was able to win. Xavier, before or you just got back, I think. Are you able to give us your thoughts on the finals? No, he's no. not. <laughs> he's having some technical difficulties. Um <laughs> But that's okay. Hopefully he gets gets those figured out soon. We can get his take on them. But we're just going to keep on moving. Jeremy Lin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeremy Lin. Let's, let's point this out. Jeremy Lin has more titles than AI, more titles than Carmelo, Chris Paul, and James Harden. Just put that into perspective. <laughs> Russell Westbrook, Paul George, DeMarcus Cousins. But no, Linsanity's back. He has a ring. Good for him. 
because yeah. he bounced around the league. He had a torn up knee last year. I don't. I don't think he played, but it doesn't matter. If you're on the team, you're on the team. Um, I don't. I don't. I hate when people say, just because you're not playing doesn't mean, you know, you don't deserve the ring. That's some total BS. I was on the bench of two uh, championship teams. You know that does it doesn't discount my rings just because I didn't play. So, why are you guys laughing? I did. I'm not talking about intramurals. No, I don't. Because I, I definitely don't. I don't have a problem with it. I'm just laughing at Roland's reaction. Oh. I was gonna say because I think we all know who carried those teams. Well, I never won a volleyball championship with you guys, so... Oh. It was just the soccer ones. Yeah, I never won, right, a, I never won soccer with you guys. Hashtag dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, back to the NBA. So, after the Raptors won, they got about two days, 48 hours of celebration before the Lakers and LeBron James retook the league. Um, because the Lakers traded with the Pelicans, and the Lakers got Anthony Davis, and the Pelicans got Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, the number four overall pick this year, and some other picks in future years. So, Roland, John, who do you guys think won the trade? Slash, was it worth it, the price the Lakers paid to get AD? Good as Anthony Davis. You tell me. Unless you're actually asking. <laughs> it's more of a genuine question. Yeah, so there are people around the league that, without a doubt, Anthony Davis is a top 10 player in the league. He's arguably a top 5 player in the league. Um, and some people think he's top 3, which I don't believe, but I'd say top 5. So you got LeBron James, Anthony Davis, top five talent in the league. That's basically their team right now. They got Kuzma, but they don't have a ton of depth right now. They still got free agency to get through. But if you got you got LeBron and AD in the West, um, keep in mind the Warriors, you know, we talked about their injuries. Chris Paul and James Harden, another year older. We know what Portland is. You know, Sacramento's not really a threat. San Antonio, probably not a threat. Maybe the Clippers if they get Kawhi, but what what are you thinking? That's just the West. Well, Anthony Davis, here is stats, looking them up, because I got the computer. Anthony, da- Anthony Marshawn Davis, Unibrow, The Brow, AD, Fat Man, are all his nicknames, according to basketballreference.com. He's got the average is 23.7 points a game, two assists, and his field goals are, he's 51% there, and then 30% run his three-point shooting, which, solid numbers, and that just puts pressure on LeBron, not necessarily, I think, as... as the Lakers itself, but on LeBron because he wanted this trade to happen. They gave away four players, draft picks, yada, yada. And at this point, LeBron should just become a player coach. He basically he is. is. He, he basically is. Um, and so hopefully, you know, that just puts even more pressure on him wherever you put Anthony Davis. Yeah. Like, it's Anthony, like Anthony Davis you know, we'll have the pressure from LeBron to be like, come on, dude, like, I brought you here, like, you need to play, versus, um, you know, I think all the pressure's on LeBron and Lakers higher up. Yeah. brought LeBron in to win, LeBron brought AD in to win, and so I think it rests a lot on LeBron. But good on the Pelicans, I think they looked out big. Yeah, definitely a good, um, a good point you brought up. And so, I don't know if you directly meant this, but... Anthony Davis has struggled with injuries in his career. 
um, and LeBron just got injured, so injuries concerns are there. Roland, what do you think about the whole trade, the whole situation? Uh, I think um, at first I thought it was a huge loss for the Lakers, um, but seeing the snowball effect of of like free uh, agent interest in the Lakers now, uh, like Kyrie saying he wants to play with AD, like they're good buddies. He's already played with LeBron, so like there's a pretty good chance he could end up there. Uh, I think that it's a win right now. Short term, I think it's a win for the Lakers. Long term, I think it's a win for the Pelicans just because they got so many draft picks, uh, so many young players that, I mean, I really honestly thought that like the Lakers were probably going to be a good team in the next couple of years anyway with Lonzo and... Um, everybody that they traded away right um but uh you know they're and i don't necessarily agree with the uh which is kind of ironic because i'm a sharks fan and all we do is sell the farm to try and win now um so i don't necessarily agree with that um with that you know thought process like like we'll get rid of all the young players to get a superstar now um, and then also forfeiting like their next three first round draft picks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it, I mean, they've you know if the, if this if this doesn't work, then I mean they've got nothing to look forward to. It's it's really like an all or nothing thing, and you know it's LeBron, uh, it's LA, so you, you know that they're going to get something going, um, but. Still, it's just kind of one of those things that I think it's a very short-term answer, short-term solution to a long-term a long-term problem. Um, and you know, in the next the next couple of years, once LeBron retires or whatever, um, then it's like, okay, well, we've got AD. You know, maybe he's looking to go somewhere else. Now, what do you have? You don't have anything. You're you're kind of just like back into this rut so um yeah i think uh, you know if if they're trying to win the the title next year and and maybe the year after then you know good for them uh but i don't see a whole lot of long-term success out of this uh yeah so. so i i i agree with you guys in some ways but here i think that so right now I think it's kind of, I kind of see it as a good trade for both teams. I'll start with the Lakers. You get one of the best players in the world, obviously. And so, so we got Zay back, but we're going to wait and make sure his computer's working and everything. We're talking about the LeBron AD trade, Zay, just so you're there. Um, okay. But I think, so LeBron got AD, and I think they're gonna, obviously going to try to win now. So they have... 30 million in cap space so they can either get a Kyrie which I don't think would be a good idea. They could get a Kemba but if they or maybe Kawhi or Jimmy Butler, but if they do that they really won't have a bench. So I don't think that's the best idea especially when you have LeBron and AD there. But realistically what I think will happen is they'll win one championship in the next 3 years with LeBron's contract and who knows what he does yet. But I think AD will resign, and I think they'll win at least one. And then that'll kind of elevate the Lakers, be like, the trade worked, we won a championship, we're back to relevance. And then, you know, LeBron will fade off, or not fade off, but like he'll move on eventually, and AD will still be the face of the Lakers, and then they can, you know, get other free agents and whatever. Um, on the other side, the Pelicans now have Lonzo Ball, Big, long point guard who can pass the ball really well. Really good defensively. I don't think they'll need him to shoot. You got Drew Holiday, another big, long defensive guy. Can pass the ball, play on ball, off ball. And, you know, can be... They they, they basically have a really good um, defensive backcourt. You're going to get Zion Williamson, who can, you know, lead the team. Brandon Ingram gives you around 20 a night. You got the number four overall pick. Obviously a bunch of future guys, but who knows what prospects are. Pelicans have a really nice young core. I think they can build into something. 
be competitive in the West. Um, without free agency and knowing how every other team's going to play out, who, you know, who will the Pelicans draft number four after Zion? Who will the Lakers sign? Um, I think it's really up in the air, but I'm not... I don't have problems with the Lakers being favorites to win the title because I think it'll like without free agency happening, I don't think Kawhi's gonna stay in Toronto. The Bucks are still the Bucks. They have some cap space issues. I don't know how much better they can become. Boston loses Kyrie. The Sixers. Who knows? And then we already talked about the West. You know, Golden State's injured. If the Clippers get quiet, it's a different story. Um, Houston's older. I just, you know, who really is the favorite, in my opinion? So I'm okay with the trade. I actually like it. Um, I think it'll make the Lakers more fun to watch. When the Lakers are good, the league seems to have more energy. Um, so, Zay, you're back. You can talk about the finals if you want to. You don't have to. Um, what do you think about the trade? Um, so, I mean, I understand why the Lakers did that. They're in win-now mode. Um, but right now, although this is before free agency, I have an issue with calling them the title favorites because all they have is LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Kyle Kuzma right now. Um, I think the rest of their roster is complete garbage. So I I have an issue with saying that right now they're the favorites. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be really interested to see what they do with that 30 million cap space. Do they sign another big player or do they sign a bunch of, you know, two or three good players, not great players? Um, so I'm interested to see the path they go, but... I just, I think they need a, they need a shooter. Um, I don't know who that's going to be, but I just, I mean, I understand, like, LeBron can shoot, you know, but I just, I don't know. I'm not liking it right now. I, I would still put, like, Houston above them or, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess not Golden State because of KD and Klay Thompson, but... I just not right now. I mean, I understand why they did the trade, so I like it for the Lakers, but they have to do something with their roster to convince me otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll see. And that's why this free agency, NBA free agency, will be fun to watch because there's so many good names out there that could go different places. Okay. So, you, who would you have as the favorites then? You say you don't like the Lakers, which, you know, very fair, especially what you said. They don't have a point guard. They really have no one else. But, like, who who would you put? Um, I mean, I, I don't want to be that guy that says it's too early to tell, but... This is your way too early pick, you ding ding. Okay, I mean, I, <laughs> fine. If I'm going right now... I'm going Houston. Houston. See, I don't like Houston because Chris Paul is injured. And he's a year older. Yeah. But, I mean, knowing now that KD's gone next season, maybe Klay Thompson for most of the season, like, next year's Houston season, they've gotten beat by Golden State, you know, so I just, I don't know. I think Houston's going to go for it next year. I will agree with you there in the sense that if Houston does not win this year, yeah. that's kind of it for them. Yeah. <laughs> I, no mean, hope. I mean, come on. like Golden State's not there. When LeBron gets a new high-profile teammate, it usually take the, like they'll get in the playoffs and they'll play well, but it it's that yeah. second year that you know they really gel. This is this has to be Houston's year. I'm totally with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if no one else has anything else in the NBA world, we'll move on. You guys definitely talk about the Women's World Cup. I haven't watched anything. Um, Boy. Before, so you talk about the cup in general. 
what you guys think so far, and then when you guys are done, we'll talk about the 13-0 win over Thailand. So, we have a couple teams securing knockout round, you know, places, and that is Norway, Germany, and Spain, I think, because they had a draw together. France has secured their position, and I think a big, big aspect is France's last two wins. They were awarded a penalty kick. The, the goalie moves off their line a little bit. V, you know, they miss the penalty. VAR, video-assisted referee, calls it back, redo the penalty. They score again. So we've got, in the round of 16, officially Germany, Norway, France, and Spain. So really excited. In the next couple days, we'll have more team secure I think there are a lot of different storylines whether you're talking about the depth of Australia, Brazil, Spain Germany is always going to be there France Italy's doing well and of course you have the in my opinion heavy favorites United States but there has been no back to back winners since this cup began in 1991 so who knows um so I, I disagree with your last comment what the US are favorites heavy favorites yeah um do you think they're not heavy favorites yes I don't think they're heavy favorites um and, and people are probably thinking I'm crazy because we just beat Thailand 13 nothing, And then you beat Chile 3 nothing. But it's Thailand. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. I, yeah, I I mean, I could go off on the U.S. team, but I'll, I won't do that. Um, go off on the U.S. Ago. team, Joe Ellis. Like, I could, I could do it all, but I won't, I'll, I'll, won't do that. Um, but... Yeah, I think we let's just go into the U.S. Thailand game. All right, let's do it. Because realistically, that's, as Americans, that's what I think most people care about. We're favorites as opposed to in the men's group. So, Zay, kick us off. What do you got? Um, so, okay, I understand the argument for both sides. Right? People saying... What is the that, argument for both sides? That's... That's what I'm going through. Um, what? So people saying if you don't go, if you don't, you know, play hard against Thailand and put your best effort, that's disrespect to Thailand. So people are okay with the 13 nothing because you're saying, oh, you should respect your team, you the the opponent, and you should do your best and do whatever you need to do. Um, and I get that, and it's also group stage, um, and so goal differential, that kind of stuff, that matters at this point. Um, but then for me, my issue was, um, the celebrations. Um, the first thing is most of these U S players have been there before. I think they're, they're veterans. They should act like they've been there before. You don't need to celebrate, um, like, for example, Alex Morgan scoring five goals. That's fine. He's probably going for the golden boot or whatever. That's whatever. But um, celebrating after every single goal, especially after you get to like eight, I think that's ridiculous. I hated that. I hated the fact that they celebrated. Show a little class um, and be respectful uh, of Thailand by not doing that. You can score goals. That's fine. I have nothing... No, no problem with them going, winning 13 nothing, but it's how you, they did it that I hated. Um, no, I think in that aspect, you can respect them on the field, but once you score the goal, show a little respect in class to Thailand. And if, after every single goal, they celebrated, and I hated that, um, especially the veterans, the way they did it. Um, I couldn't, I did not, yeah, did not appreciate that at all. Um, so. 
yeah, just the vet, the veterans killed me, like Morgan, Rapino. Um, it just drove me crazy how they celebrated. It made you feel bad for Thailand, um, and especially the goalie. And I really appreciated Carly Lloyd with how she, after the game and they he consoled her and she, you know, did her best to console her. You know, I mean, there's not much you can do in that situation, but like, you feel bad, but like, we have to score goals. And just the way they celebrated, I hated. So. Who has a counter? Roland, John, do you disagree? Do you agree? I I, I agree with Steve here because I, it's really important to keep in context who the Thailand players are, and most of them have other jobs and are amateurs. It's respectful to play your best and to rack up the opposition. And to rack up the score on the opposition. But, you know, rubbing it, you know, everyone's face, Megan Rapinoe sliding on her back, you know, lifting her knees up. It's just really weird. Uh, I think what this does is paints the United States as villains to the rest of the world for the tournament. The target is that much bigger. Everyone was already gunning for the U.S. They were the world champs. I, you know... If the United States loses, the team who beats the United States wins. You know, it you know, win wins and beats slays the Giants. But if, you know, the bad the oh, the bad guys, the big the bad evil team always wins kind of thing, narrative will continue. Mixed you know, it's mixed feelings on racking up the not necessarily racking up of the celebrating. Um, I'm really interested to see the Sweden game because that will be their first real test. Their warm-up games weren't that much of a test, and it was worrisome because their the team wasn't firing on all cylinders. And now, as there are two group stage games, and you're playing Sweden, who knocked us out of the Olympics a few years ago, that's the first real test. And if you beat Sweden, or if you tie, and you have the same points, and your goal differential is astronomical, and you go through and play France in Paris that's a coin toss of a game in my opinion mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if the US would beat would beat France they would lose Roland what are your okay he he needs to step away for a sec but um for me I, okay, okay good I was just going to say, or, okay, Roland's feet. Roland, you go ahead. All right, sorry. The, the phone was ringing. I guess I'm right next to the answering machine. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, in the moment, I was like, you know, because you, you felt bad for Thailand, like, you know, eight, nine, nothing, that type of stuff. I mean, so, like, in the moment, I was like, you know, why not put in put in some younger players, like, get let them get their feet wet, get the experience. Uh, of being in a World Cup game on the stage and stuff like that. But I totally understand what you guys are saying with, you know, being that that, that might come off as being disrespectful. Um, even though, like, NFL, you see it all the time, uh, five minutes left, the game's in the bag, you put in the back up, and he maybe does a couple check downs and then knees it, um, that type of thing. Um but I totally understand that, especially, you know, with, like, different cultures and stuff like that, then that might be something to consider. Um, but, yeah, the cel- I mean, I, I don't disagree with either of you guys, and I don't want to re- restate everything. Um, you know, it's, it's totally one – I mean, there were a couple times where, you know, uh, like Kelly O'Hara had a nice cross, and I think, like, Alex Morgan or someone scored on that. Like, it's okay to recognize – like with your teammate, like, Hey, like good job setting that up. Like, I, you know, that was great. Um, but you know, the, the rest of it is just like over the top. And it was, yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, it was, it was a lot, uh, and rough to watch. <laughs> so, okay. So I didn't watch, I stopped watching the game after it was seven zero 
and I wasn't really watching it because it was I was at work, so I just was like listening to it. Um, so I didn't realize like the celebrations were going on. First off, I'm I don't have a problem with them winning thirteen to nothing, like the goal scoring, like you said, Xavier. Especially when the first tiebreaker is goal differential. Um, so I'm okay with that. But with after hearing what you guys said, I, I'm with you guys, especially like. They've been there before, you know, you're representing the country, right? Just, you're right, have some class, you know, be sportsmanlike. If you're better than a team, like, for me, when I played a sport, or when I was witnessing a sport, sometimes there are games where one team is clearly better than the other. In every other professional sport, you don't see them you know, like, laughing about it, you know, they're, it's game mode, like, they're, you can have fun without, like, dancing around and everything, so, Zay, I think you're right, I think they have to show some class, and, you know, just be better about it, you know, they're, they're the USA, you're the favorites, act like it, you know, you're not, this isn't your first time, I'm not sure if that would change anything, but it's your first time, it's not your first time, so act like you've been there before and go and get this thing done. Take care of business. And I will add a caveat. You know, players like Rose Lavelle who have been there, this is their first tournament and maybe their first World Cup. Sure, go ahead, score, celebrate your goal. Xavier, I'm interested to see why you think the United States will lose against France. You, you want me to go there? Yeah, if, if, if the if U.S. wins their group and enter and, you know, meets France in Paris for the round of 16. Um, Why would the United States lose? Well, they would play in the quarterfinals. I think they would have another team in the round of 16. Uh, Oh, okay. But yeah, it would be a quarterfinals, which is still super quick to play at France. Um, But um, I... So this is the, the soccer coach in me, but their defense is is weak. Um, they the formation they play it is it's a good for going against teams like Thailand and um, Chile, but it's not. I don't. They're gonna get beaten against good teams like France with that formation. Are you talking like, um, specifically talking with your wing back, with your left and right backs high up the field? Um. Not necessarily. Well, okay. In a way, yes. But I think mainly the midfield. The the one I do not like Lavelle. Um, I think she's very. Uh, she, she's weak. She reminds me of a Kristen Press. She can only play well against bad teams, not against good teams like France and Germany or whatever. Um, I think she'll struggle struggle against France. Um, so. And what the other thing that is annoys me to no end is why Carly Lloyd is not in the starting lineup. Um, time and time again, these past months, she has shown that she deserves to be in the starting lineup, and Jill Ellis isn't putting her putting her in the starting lineup. But yet, you put someone like Tobin Heath in the starting lineup who stinks. Um, so I just I think it's I think I agree disagree with everything Jill Ellis has done with this team up until this point. Um, the formation, personnel, for the most part. Um, who do you I want just, on the right wing? Who do you want on the right wing? Put Lloyd on the right wing. Carly Lloyd can't. In the she's not fit. Carly Lloyd's not fit enough to play on the right wing. She showed it in, in uh, the Chile game that she can play full 90. I just, I think. But, but yeah, that's. You, it's a, what's your on the right wing? Tobin Mallory Hughes, Hughes not good enough. Tobin Heath is better than Mallory Tobin Heath is better than Mallory Pugh. That's it. Have you watched the games? Tobin Heath yes. sticks. I've watched all of the games. Tobin Heath has looked awful these last couple months. She's good player, but she is in a she's in a bad spot right now. Form is fallacy. What? Form is fallacy. She's game she's by game. Slow. She's getting old. She can't play anymore. She's still better than Mallory Pugh, which no. we talked a lot about Jill Ellis's youth development. And it's not Jill Ellis's job to develop young players. That is their responsibility for their 
club team, and if the U.S. if the U.S. Soccer Federation does not put money into the women's federation to develop their players like they are doing abroad, then go abroad. Alex Morgan went to go play in Lyon, and I think that is why she is top two players in the world. Wait. So what's your argument? What I'm saying <laughs> is you're pushing for these younger players like Mallory Pugh, and one of your heavy criticisms of Jill Ellis is that she does not develop the young talent. I'm saying that is on the player to get better and on their club team. And on the national team. You're How playing through the national team. Jill when Ellis you, should be able to develop them. When Wait, you hold, have, on. hold on, hold on. The only young player I'm telling you to play is Pugh. I'm, right. I'm telling you to put Lloyd in. She's a veteran. She's an old person. Okay, but she deserves to be in. She's played well enough these last couple months to be in. She scores goals, and if she doesn't play her or start her against France, I will have a huge issue with that. That's all I'm saying. I'm even okay if they win, even if wait, are you saying if they even she if doesn't? US, start? Yeah, if she doesn't start and U.S. win, it's too uh, still with it. I mean, yes, I just think it's ridiculous. Yeah, if you're done. I just, I'm okay with hate starting, but um, I'm just saying that I think those, Pew and Heath should be splitting time on that wing. But, so, I just, my biggest issue with Jill Ellis right now is the formation. If she keeps that formation against France, because France is going to break that down so easily. And second, if Lord doesn't start. Lloyd has deserved to start the last. She has played so well these past couple months that she deserves to start, and she's not doing it against. Uh, I guarantee you, I would be very surprised if she starts Lloyd against Sweden. Yeah, I'd be interested too. Because, I don't know, she's been playing in that number nine role. She's been playing in in Alex Morgan. She's behind Alex Morgan. Yeah, and I hate that. Where should she be? Where should Carly Lloyd be? Uh... In Jill Ellis's formation or my formation? Okay, what's the breakdown of the two? Well, Jill, in Jill Ellis's formation, um, she should be in Lavelle's. Where's Lavelle? In the in center of the park. Yeah. But if I was my formation, I'd do a four-four-two with a diamond midfield, and I'd have her at the top of the diamond, right and, behind, and right behind Alex Morgan. More traditional number ten role, like yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But if she's getting old, why not put low, like and can't run? Be a box to box midfielder. Why not have Rose Lavelle? But you're saying she's proven that she can. Yeah, she can in ninety minutes. Box yeah, to box. The chili, the the chili game. Lloyd started up top, but then eventually Jill Ellis moved you back to midfield. So it she knows that Carly Lloyd can play a full ninety minutes, but she doesn't play her. So. Anyway, okay, we can move on. Yeah, that, no, no, no. That is, like, why we made this podcast. I don't think we've had such a heated debate this whole time. So, um... I've that in for a while. No, that was good. I'm gonna, uh... We're gonna take a quick break, and then we will be right back for John's, uh, special topic of the day, slash our favorite moment of the week. All right, we are back. Um, John and Zay still going at it a little bit, but things have definitely cooled down here. We are going to move on to the topic where John reacts for with no prep or anything at all. Um, and then obviously Roland, John. I react to things. Yeah, so everyone definitely respond because I think this is an interesting topic. But uh, LaMelo Ball announced today that he will be playing professionally in Australia next year as he prepares for the NBA draft in 2020 with hopes of being the number one overall pick. Keep in mind, he does not have college eligibility to play, so his options are... Because when he played in Lithuania, basically, I don't know if it was him signing the contract or signing with an agent, that basically means you forego your eligibility. Uh, So he is not eligible. Correct. He's not eligible to play... um, in the NCAA. Also, maybe he might have made uh, money off of, like, the Triple B brand. I don't know yeah. the exact reason okay. he wasn't eligible, but there was stuff there that Lim let, okay. let him play. So his options really were train on his own, play international, or 
uh, go in the G League. So what are your thoughts on that? And you can also talk about um, whether you think it was a mistake, in your opinion, to go to Lithuania in the first place. Oh, man. I think, yeah. It's Otherwise, it's just greedy. I, I, in my mind, it's just greedy to go out and play professional basketball in Lithuania. And we've talked about this countless times when the March Madness tournament was going on. There's nothing like March Madness. There's nothing as competitive as March Madness. And it is pure ecstasy as a fan and pure fun as a player. So I think it was greedy and, you know, a money move by LaMelo Ball. Um, Dumb, I mean, whether it was whether he had to because he signed for as an agent or got money from Triple B. Mm. Um, going to Australia isn't Spain, you know, like the next best international team. I th- I mean, I don't know. I'm realistically he's such a big name that no matter where he went would have been okay, I think. I think he's going on the fact I'm that like players like your competition yeah, I mean, like, players like Andrew Bogut, Deladova, Ben Simmons are Australian. Um, and I believe another top prospect is playing in Australia as well. I could be wrong on that one. But, yeah, what what do you think he should have done, or I guess LeVar should have done with him back when he was in high school the first time? Just let him play and pick a college to go to. Oh, my Lord. Because it, it's just, uh, I don't know. Uh, Roland uh, and Zay, why don't you guys jump in? What do you guys think okay. on the matter? Since he's in, I don't think anyone's surprised he couldn't play in the NCAA. So what do you guys think on his decision or his potential in the next year's draft? Uh, I'm kind of in like the camp where, like, I hate that we give people like LeVar Ball a platform, uh, <laughs> but it's it's his children's talent uh, that has brought them this far. Um, and Lamella's the youngest, right? He's supposed to be the most talented of the three, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, um, I mean, his dad kind of screwed him out of going to UCLA or doing, doing any college basketball. Um, so, like... I guess from that point of view, like, you know, good for him doing what he's got to do to try and be successful. Um, but I, re- I really see this as, as more of like a like a fault on his dad's part. Um, so, I mean, you know, and I, just the way that he, like, he acts and everything, like, like, when he found out that his son was traded, he was like, yeah, the Lakers are never going to win an idol, another title and whatever. Like, um, you know, like, like nobody wants to deal with this guy's dad. Um, so it kind of sucks that, like, you know, they're, they're three pretty talented basketball players and uh, nobody really wants them or, and or they can't really go to the NCAA because of, all this. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like it's, that's kind of a weird situation. Cause what does it matter if he's getting money from big baller brands? Like, like, uh, well, it's all going to change when uh, Zion signs with them. <laughs> yeah. Right? Roland, I think you're opening a whole new can of worms on that. Whether, okay. cause I mean, like, I mean, we, it's, we can talk about it like another day, but like, I think there's something to be said about college athletes being paid. Yeah, and I know like the sponsorship and stuff is is like its own thing. Well, I don't. I'm not even trying to get into that, but like you know, when you go home, you know, a college athlete when he goes home over the summer, and you tell me not, not a single one has ever had a summer job or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, and I I don't see like how this is any different other than like the sponsorship and. And it's like this big brand name and, and stuff like that. That it's like, 
that whole thing, it, it is a mess, uh, and I do not want to get into it. So, um, but like that's the, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut myself off here. I mean, I good for him doing what he's got to do to to try and be successful in life, uh, and doing something that he loves to do. Uh, but I also. Yeah. Whatever. So, so Zay, why don't you uh, jump in? Um, I mean, I think he hurt his chances of becoming a, a number one overall pick. Um, but I think, I mean, just by his name mm-hmm. and like his talent, he's gonna be a high pick. Yeah. But because he's not in the in the NCAA. Like, I don't think he's going to be a number one or, like, a number two even. But, like, he's going to be up there um, in the NBA draft. But, I mean, I think he hurt his chances of becoming number one. But other than that, I I don't think, like, he hurt his – he lowered his stock that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think college NCAA players are going to beat him out, like the, the really good ones. But after that, I think he'll be up there. Yeah, I I think I agree with you in the sense that just because he's not in NCAA or the G League for that matter, like he'll be on scouts and teams' radar. And I don't know much about it, but my thinking is if you're in Australia, maybe you won't get the pull just because you're in Australia, so it's not as convenient, you know what I mean? Um, but he's, I think he can be better than Lonzo. He's bigger than Lonzo. He's learned from Lonzo. I think he shoots better than Lonzo. So he's definitely good. Um, but also keeping in mind that he was going to be a one and done anyway. I don't know how comparable it is, you know, skill wise playing against NCAA versus international professionals. And, you know, the, the like strength and conditioning programs of the NCAA versus a professional international team. I don't know the difference. The only thing for me, and we've talked about this, is just the experience of being in college and playing in the tournament for a year. I don't think is anything he can ever get, even though, you know, he played in the JBA and all that stuff. It's just not the same, you know, being on that national stage. So I think that's the biggest thing he missed out on, but definitely good for him for, you know, finding ways to eventually, hopefully for him to get to the NBA. So, um, given the circumstances, I think he did a good thing. I don't like. I don't know how successful the G League pipeline is. I don't. I also don't know how much he's getting paid. Um, so that could be a factor too. We just don't know. Yeah. Uh. Well, cool. S- yeah. Uh. Do you guys have a favorite sports moment of the week? pretty pumped i mean this is just gear up um in uh two weeks there is um what arguably top two one of the top two 100 mile races in the world happens western states out in california so everyone you know in my the ultra running circle is gearing up for that whether you're gonna just be following on following on with the live tweets or if you're going out there if you have, you know, friends or people you know out in the race, I'm just getting geared up for what's going to be a crazy weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if I don't really have one. I guess um, I would say just upcoming is the U.S. Sweden game. Uh, that should be a good one to watch. So I'm excited about that game. When is that? Uh, Thursday, I want to say. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, for me, uh, I don't know, this is sort of sports. It is sports, but it's not something we would ever really talk about on a podcast. Um, there was a 10-year-old girl, uh, name is Sela Schneider, and she successfully climbed the nose route of El Capitan, uh, yesterday and so she is the uh 
youngest person to ever ever climb El Capitan. She did it in five days, um, like with <laughs> her father and one of her father's friends. Uh, crazy accomplishment. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's that's that was mine. I saw that saw this thing yesterday. Uh, so it might have been a couple days ago, actually. But yeah, so pretty cool thing. Definitely. Ten years old. Mine. What? Yeah. Did you not hear me say that? I didn't hear, I didn't hear you say that the first time. A ten-year-old girl became the youngest youngest person to ever climb El Capitan. What are we doing? Right. Well, my daughter's gonna do it at eight and a half. No. <laughs> we are podcasting about other people's accomplishments right now. <laughs> Hey, but that's a big deal because I mean, like, I didn't know about it, so I'm sure there are no, other yeah. people that didn't know about it. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, for me, it was Game Six of the Finals. Actually, it was Clay Thompson just catching fire before his injury. Just when Clay Thompson gets hot, he's just on another level. Um, and uh, it's really, I, I, I was sad for him to get hurt like that um, because I think he would have put in a great performance and help the Warriors win that game. So that's what I have. But um, that's all we got for the podcast today. Things got a little heated, but we love it. Hopefully, you know, we can get more of that in the future on any topics. I'm sure next week we might continue that again because USA plays Sweden on Thursday, we believe. Um, but we'll see because that, that was fun. If you don't enjoy that, I don't want to say stop listening to us because I want you to keep listening to us, but that's what makes it fun. So we will try to be here next week. We already know Xavier and Roland won't be here, so I guess we won't have another fireworks show next week. But I mean, um, I can call in if you want me to. Maybe we'll just like hold it off for another week just so it builds up another week. Um, <laughs> That'll be on the, on the eve of the France... U.S. Oh, okay. Yeah. If, assuming oh. both teams make it through there. Okay. Depending on the schedule, be. maybe we push back the pod a day or two so we can reassess everything. Um, but yeah, we'll be back. If we're back next week, it'll be me and John. Um, but thanks for the listen. Keep listening. Share us. Tweet. Definitely like try to tweet at us or email us or something. Because, like we said, it's kind of the slow period in sports now. So if there's something you want us to talk about, something you want to bring to our attention, you know, tweet us. We'll look it up. We'll do our research and tell tell you guys what we think. So we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. And happy late Father's Day to all fathers out there. <laughs>